Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now from Times Square, here's what you need to know. Great to be with you on this leap day, February 29th. I think we should say happy birthday to To all all the the leap leap day babies. babies. You only get this every four years. I know, right? (laughs) Didn't we hear about a woman who is 100 and she's only gotten to celebrate her birthday 25 times? I mean, so she's only 25. You got to celebrate anyway. Good good for her. Hey, aren't you that doctor I saw in my cab yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) Taxi TV. Dr. Jen, I snapped some photos. Dr. Jen was on Taxi TV Mm, yesterday. Dr. Dunn, so good to see you. So you have a little bit of breaking news here, right? We know that President Biden went for his annual physical. You have the report in your hands right now. This is it, you guys. It comes on the official letterhead physician to the president. This is what was released uh, yesterday about President Biden's latest physical. Let me take you through it. Um, Some things that have changed, some things that are unchanged from the last one. Number one, sleep apnea. Um, That's been a previously existing diagnosis. Now the president is using a CPAP machine, uh, getting a good therapeutic response and very vigilant and vigilant, uh, vigilant with using that. Atrial fibrillation, a very common heart arrhythmia, stable, hasn't required any kind of procedures um, or new medications, but he is on a standard blood thinner anticoagulation uh, to prevent strokes. High, bl- high cholesterol, um, which is very well managed on a statin. He has um, got good levels uh, in that therapeutic window, and that's, again, very important prevention for cardiovascular disease also and stroke and then arthritis of his spine it's the wear and tear type uh, causing a stiffened gait that has remained unchanged this all according to his uh, physician I will say there are some notable absences in this report we do what's called a review of systems when we examine someone quite literally head to toe starting at the head there was no mention of uh, his mental health or well-being from a psychiatric standpoint screening for depression or anxiety and there was no mention of cognitive function or testing uh, his physician saying you know, he, he runs the country, and so that's kind of a de facto test uh, for a cognitive exam. Also, no mention of genitourinary exam findings. So some things that normally, if you or I were being examined, mm. would be in there, not included in this report. How do these results in your mind compare to those other 81-year-olds out there? Oh, I think for sure he's above the average 81-year-old male in terms of his uh, physical fitness and well-being. But, you know, 81 is still 81. So there are some things on here that are not surprising for someone of his age. And, of course, you have the report in hand and have analyzed it for us, Dr. Jen. We always appreciate you. We'll see you in just a bit. And we turn now to ABC's Will Carr in Los Angeles with our latest headlines. Hey there, Will. Hey guys, always great to be here with you and happy Leap Day. We don't get to say that very often. We begin with news from the Supreme Court. The high court agreeing to hear former President Trump's appeal claiming that he's immune from prosecution in the January 6th case. The argument is central to his defense on federal charges alleging he illegally tried to overturn the 2020 election. The high court's decision effectively delays the proceedings. It's possible it will now be too late for the case to be heard before Americans head to the polls in November. Trump has denied all wrongdoing. 
There's nearly 1 million acres of scorched earth in Texas as those massive wildfires burn out of control. At least one person has been killed. It's the state's second largest in history and winds are expected to pick up this weekend that could make conditions even more difficult. Now let's toss it over to Sam Champion with a look at our latest weather. Good morning. Everyone's talking about this East Coast cold front that whipped through last night. Did the winds wake you up? Well, look at the damage in Atlanta, Georgia. That tree comes down 60, 70 mile per hour wind gusts through the building, not just on top of it. That cold front going all the way through New York with some wind damage and tree damage there. Look at Syracuse with those gusty wind chills to New York and also Philly, 16, 17 degrees. But that's a one-day cold blast. We're going to bring milder air in. We know there's some records building in the middle of the country. So even by New York and Washington, we don't get these records. But look at these numbers going back to 60, 64 degrees. Guys? And fast food giant Wendy's is walking back the idea that it's turning to surge pricing on burgers and fries in the future after a major outcry. Wendy's now saying comments by the CEO that the chain could be turning to dynamic pricing were misunderstood and misconstrued. And an exhibit highlighting characters from Willy Wonka is under fire. The controversial event hitting a bitter note with parents in Scotland. They said they found a nearly empty warehouse with few exhibits and absolutely no chocolate. The organizer shutting down the event as some parents complained to police. And Kaylin Clark breaking new ground on the college basketball court. She's now the all-time leading women's scorer in major college hoops after beating Lynette Woodward's 3,649 points. And now she's on the verge of passing Pistol Pete Maravich's record at LSU. She's hoping to do that this weekend. Iowa's last regular season game is on Sunday, and Kaitlyn is just 18 points away and guys I don't know if you've seen her but she can hit a jump shot from anywhere and I mean anywhere on the court she is absolutely <laughs> must-see TV. Guys. Caitlin Clark she is, is amazing. On a it's on unbelievable. A All right well Clara thank you so much uh, and there is you much bet. more ahead right here on GMA3 on this Thursday both President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump calling attention to the crisis at the southern border. Armide Villarreal on those dueling Texas visits today. And later on the traveling art collection highlighting the vast contributions of black Americans throughout history. GMA3 is back in just a moment. Stay with us. And welcome back to GMA3 with the battle over immigration in focus. Today, President Biden and former President Trump are both visiting the U.S.-Mexico border. And President Biden making the trip after a bipartisan immigration package, which included border restrictions, failed to pass the House. Immigration becoming increasingly central for both candidates ahead of the presidential election. Joining us now with more from Eagle Pass, Texas, is ABC national correspondent Maria Villarreal. Maria, thanks so much for being with us. Hey, good morning, Ariel. How are you guys? We are good. Thank you for being there and, to, and covering this for us. And we know President Biden and former President Trump happened to be there on the same day. What's the significance of the locations that each of them chose? Well, you know, it really is no coincidence that both of them are going to be on the border having these dual press conferences going on. But the significance has a lot to do with the location. We know as of right now, Biden is going to Brownsville, Texas, the heart of the Rio Grande uh, Valley. Um, the reason why he's chosen there more than likely is because it is pristine. They have processes in place. And as of right now, the, the number of migrants coming through that area has significantly decreased. He also knows he has a lot of support from Democrats in the area as juxtaposition. He 
here in Eagle Pass. This is the epicenter of where Governor Abbott has set up Operation Lone Star. It's a very con controversial program um, that aims at militarizing the border in order to, you know, stop the flow of migrants. He has a lot of support here, not just from local leaders, but from law enforcement as well. And a lot of that is going on right behind me, guys. And Mireya, as you know, President Biden is reportedly considering this executive action that, that would prevent people who cross the border uh, from seeking asylum. How likely is that? And do we know anything about what he's actually considering? You know, as of right now, the details are still um, unknown, exactly what that executive order could hold. More than likely, he will not be announcing that today. We've gotten a brief readout of what he's going to be doing from local leaders in Brownsville, Texas. They talked to us about basically saying that they're going to meet with local law enforcement. Um, he's going to get a, a, a read of what is happening in the area, and he's likely going to meet also with NGOs um, that, are, that are helping some of the migrants that are coming across. And we're really going to hear him push that border security deal pushing that, that he doesn't want the government to have a stopgap at the end of the week or even bleed in, into next week. And so really we will see him push that along and talk less about the executive order that could be pending. And Maria, uh, we know that President Trump is going to be right where you are there in Eagle Pass. What are his plans while he is there? Um, so he lands here in early afternoon. He will meet uh, with local leaders in Del Rio, Texas, which is about an hour from where I'm standing right now. Then he will make his way to the border here at Shelby Park. Um, again, you know, if we were to go just about 100 yards behind me, you would see all of the razor wire that has been put up, all the concertina wire that's uh, up against the river, um, and the large amounts of law enforcement presence that is here. He is going to talk to Texas National Guard troops, and he's going to talk about how he is the one that that can solve the immigration problem solely. But let me be very clear. We spoke with a lot of local leaders here in Eagle Pass, not just last night, but several times over the last several months. They want to make sure people understand they have a very safe city here. And while they appreciate the help, the attention for them has gotten out of control and they are very concerned about potential extremists that could come along with not just today's press conference with Trump, but in the future as well. Mireya, I want to talk about this recent Gallup poll on the president's ratings right now, his approval ratings. They have dropped to 38%, just 28% approve of his handling of immigration, 67% disapprove. This is just his second trip there. But given those numbers, it's a critical one, isn't it? Absolutely, Gio. This is extremely significant for President Biden. I mean, listen, I've spoken with leaders down in the Rio Grande Valley. That is where I am from. People are telling us, voters are telling us, why is it just this is the second time he is coming here? While they understand that there's a lot of processes in place that need to, you know, get, get going in order for there to be a border security deal, for them, their concern is, you know, the immigration and the policy part of this. Why can't we come together on both sides of the aisle to have some sort of compromise? Because for them, this is, again, a black eye on border communities. So whether or not, it, you know, we see tighter restrictions on asylum, whether there's an executive order, for them, they want to see compromise. They want to see both, both sides come coming to the middle and saying, let's get something done, whatever something is. Um, President Biden being there is going to be extremely significant, but people want to hear what is the plan moving forward. Absolutely. All right. ABC's Mireya Villarreal, thank you so much for all of your reporting there on the border. And up next right here on GMA3, a unique art exhibit honoring the contributions of black Americans throughout history. We'll meet the couple behind it. Stay with us on GMA3. 
Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' group text podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit. And we are back now with a couple turning their passion for art and travel into one of the largest African-American museum collections in history, gathering key pieces for more than half a century. Most of the things that African-Americans and people of African descent did are not in the history books. The Kinsey Collection is trying to answer a simple question. How did black folks get into this predicament in America? It's time for us to be in the front of the history books rather than in the footnotes. Two things that we love to do is travel and art. We've collected over the last 57 years between 700 and 1,000 historical and two and three dimensional art pieces. Everywhere we went, we were always interested in the indigenous culture, the Native American work, the bead work, the basket weaving, the rug work. It was fascinating seeing that. And when Khalil was born, in 1977, Roots was shown on TV. Help to be free. We needed to know more about our own history so he could know more. We just started almost like a treasure hunt. We had no idea that we would be where we are now. This is the first time that SoFi Stadium has had an exhibition. I think it's extremely important for the community to be able to experience the Kinsey African American Art and History Collection because it really tells the stories of African Americans, but not just the ones that we hear about all the time. It's really talking about kind of the unsung heroes of the African American experience and making sure that we bring light to a lot of the impacts that they've had on the community. This painting right here, this is from 1890, uh, done by Charles Ethan Porter. He was one of the first African American painters to receive international acclaim. This is one of the first cases that people encounter when they come to the exhibition, and it contains some of the earliest pieces in the Kinsey Collection. The first being a 1595 document that's the earliest known record of baptismal of a person of African descent in what later becomes known as the United States. We've had the opportunity 
to have over 40 exhibits around the world. We've had 16 million people see the Kinsey Collection. So all of this is part of this journey that Shirley and I have had coming out of Florida and m back in the 60s. And what we want to do is share that because we think this story is better when more people can step into it and see themselves. Because it's not just black history, it's American history. And it needs to be shared with everybody. That is just so amazing, that document, hundreds of years old yeah. right there. And what a collection they have and so important for everybody to see. Yeah, it really is. All right, just ahead here on GMA3, Dr. Jen Ashton back with some information for pregnant women when it comes to heated pools. Plus, the organization determined to get more black women out pedaling for fun and good health. We'll be right back. We are back now with Dr. Jen, and there's a major new investment by the Biden administration into medical technology, and we're talking about AI here. We're talking about AI. It's also, uh, interestingly, Rare Diseases Day today, mm -hmm. and so there may be some association here. Uh, let me tell you about this news. A company called Every Cure is getting almost $50 million in funding, federal funding, uh, to build an AI platform, which is, uh, really going to be conceived to use FDA approved drugs already in existence to match them with other conditions, particularly rare diseases for which there is not an FDA approved medication as treatment. So this repurposing of medications oh, wow. using an AI database. So this um, is essentially the off-label use of approved drugs. Correct. But those drugs can help people who have other conditions. Absolutely, and when people talk about off-label medications, just probably two of the most well-known that are always in the headlines, Ozempic, for weight loss or semaglutide for weight loss, that was discovered kind of incidentally for people using that class of medications for years, you know, almost 20 years for type two diabetes. Um, erectile dysfunction medication, those were hypertension, high blood pressure medications right. that were then discovered to have a benefit for men suffering from erectile dysfunction. So using these drugs, finding this match to help these people can not only save lives, it can save money, and it can save time because it takes years and billions of dollars to get FDA approval for something for one indication, it could potentially take weeks if you know that there's an existing medication that can be used off-label. And we use off-label medications in this country every single yeah, day. It's really surprising, but it's so important. Yeah, this is a great All right. one. All right, Dr. Chen, thank you, you so much. We'll be right back. And we are back now with Dr. Jen and your prescription for wellness. Okay, um, I actually went to my dermatology colleagues to get some tips about how to treat that chicken skin condition. It, it's called when you're uh, bumpy. Yes, yes. Oh, keratosis exactly. pilaris. Keratosis pilaris. Yes, both KP. of my. Do you think I've had it? Both yeah. of my children have it, and I'm recently inspired by an, an article and a post we saw in the New York Times because it is so common. And my children have had this for a long time. Now they're 20. 24 years old and they're still asking me about it. Uh, so some tips. Number one, you do want to exfoliate that area gently on a regular basis. Again, don't think you will exfoliate it off. So chemical exfoliators, uh, very, very common and, and helpful. That's right. And yeah, because you can't remove that yeah. top layer of skin. So something with uh, a retinoid or a salicylic acid is incredibly helpful. And then you want to moisturize. So you want to use an oil-free cream or an ointment but kind of a lot. You want it two to three times a day to restore that moisture barrier in the skin um, because it's typically seen on the upper arm yep. or the mm -hmm. upper thigh. Yep. 
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, been and, there. And I have another tip. <laughs> Do that chem chemical exfoliant. Use that after immediately after the shower while your That's skin right. is still a little bit Core damp. Pores open. That's right. That's right. So thank you to our dermatology friends for this. <laughs> and to Gio. And to Gio. <laughs> That's right. And to my kids, you're welcome. <laughs> They're probably thrilled that that's out there now. Absolutely. <laughs> and we love to hear from you. If you have KP, let us know too. <laughs> Hit us up on Instagram with your medical questions at ABCGMA3. <laughs> and just ahead here on GMA3, she started a cycling club for women of color that's inspired a wide following. And today, uh, we've got some surprises for her. Plus, grab an apron. We're cooking up something delicious with celebrity chef JJ Johnson. We are back in just a moment. Welcome back to GMA3, and we are celebrating Black History Month, and today we're shining a light on someone who started a movement in her community that has now spread across the globe. Yeah, we're talking about Monica Garrison. She started a cycling club for women of color called Black Girls Do Bike to encourage women to find purpose and passion through cycling together. So check this out. The name Black Girls Do Bike was intentionally an affirmation because when I started this process, I was looking to find other women who enjoyed riding bikes. 2013 was a pivotal year for me, and so I thought in my, to myself, at what point in my life was I, you know, carefree and happy? And I thought about when I was a child and I was riding my bicycle. I decided to start a Facebook page, Black Girls Do Bike, and eventually a website. I received a letter and it was from a lady in Central Florida. She loved what I had created and her idea was to create a group of women riding together in her neighborhood in support of Black Girls Do Bikes. Quickly we had a domino effect of cities signing up to start chapters and it expanded all over the country. At this point we have expanded to more than 100 chapters. We have a chapter in, in the UK, which is our first international chapter. We have more than 30,000 members, followers, whatever you want to call them, riders. We have about 180 lady leaders who lead our rides and report back to me what's happening on the ground so that we can stay ahead of changes that need to happen. Our mantra has always been, you know, it doesn't cost anything to belong if you just show up and with a helmet, a bike and ready to ride with an open mind. I think Black Girls Bike has made a difference. I think we have a long way to go, but I am proud of the impact that we've had over the last 10 years. What an awesome organization. And joining us now, the founder of Black Girls Do Bike, Monica Garrison. Hey. Welcome to the show. Hey. So this is amazing because this was a, this was a small but mighty thought that you had to hop on the bike. Yeah. Now it's grown to 30,000 members. You've got international chapters all over the place. Did you have any idea that this little idea that you had yeah. would turn into something so huge? No, not at all. <laughs> um, I, I know the cycling became a real solace for me. It was a beautiful thing and I wanted to share it with other people. Um, but I didn't know if there were other women out there like me who wanted to ride bikes. So. The fact that it's grown was uh, so fast was amazing to me. And we know that your members mean everything to you, but the, the opposite is true as well. We know that you are the driving force behind all of this, and they wanted to say thank you. Take a look. Monica, thank you so much for creating a space where not only we can find friends, but sisters and go on so many adventures and excursions. 
Thank you, Monica. We love you. Black Girls Do Bike is amazing because it got me back on my bike after not riding for 20 plus years. So Monica, thank you, thank you, thank you. This group of women has helped me by helping me feel like I'm not alone. Thank you, Monica Garrison. Thank you, Black Girls Do Bike. I found my tribe. In the last eight years, I've met so many BIPOC women in New York City in all five boroughs. Thank you, Monica. Well, how does that feel to you to see the impact that you are having on people's lives? It goes so far beyond just the road, the bike. Yeah. Uh, it's surreal. I mean, I every day I'm in the, the grind, right, doing all the behind-the-scenes things uh, that keep Black Girls Do Bike running. So um, it's nice when I get to hear from people who actually are benefiting from the work we do. And a lot of these women, they are your chapter leaders, right, all over the country, and you're trying to get a lot of them certified to be instructors. So mm -hmm. tell us about that. Um, so there are different certifications that you can get, but we want them to be effective ride leaders. We want our rides to be safe. You know, we want people to feel comfortable that, you know, we're in charge and we know what we're doing. So, yeah, having our leaders um, become certified instructors makes it official, of course, um, and just gives them and our members the confidence that they're going to have a nice, safe ride. So I know you thought that you were coming here just for this interview, yeah. and you are, Okay. <laughs> but we got to tell you that the organization that helps advocate for education, League of American Bicyclists, they're big fans of yours. They wanted to do something very special, all right? And 15 of your chapter leaders across the country. So right now, they are setting up a special seminar just for Black Girls Do Bike, so your leaders can become certified League Cycling Instructors. So there you go, your mission That's well crazy. underway. Thank yeah. you, I love the league actually. They're, we're, uh, we're a member and, and they're very supportive. They've been very supportive for many years, so that's awesome. I got a question for you. How yeah. often do you get out on the road and bike with, with the ladies? Well, Pittsburgh has notoriously cold winters. <laughs> it's not great right now. Um, so <laughs> I, I do hibernate in the winter, but uh, come spring, I try to get out a couple times a week if I can, ride with my kids around the city. That's one of my favorite things to do. Maybe you'll get us out there at some point. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Monica Garrison, thank you so yeah. much. Thank nice you for all so you nice do. So nice to meet this you. This is great. Thank and bringing you. so much joy. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Monica. We appreciate you and all that you are doing. And coming up here on GMA3, we are wrapping up Black History Month with a burst of flavor. Chef J.J. Johnson, look at him right there, cooking up something special. And we can already smell it. Plus, Russell Hornsby on the season three premiere of the Stars hit BMF. Come on back, and, and we're right here with you. And welcome back to GMA3. And today we are closing out Black History Month with a chef and author who's made it his mission to celebrate the rich history behind African Caribbean cuisine. Joining us now to share a special Nigerian recipe is founder and chef of Field Trip and author of The Simple Art of Rice Cookbook. Please welcome Chef JJ Johnson. The smells that are it's emanating so from this so kitchen good. right now. My stomach is growling. So start us out well, here. This, chef. Is one of my what favorite, are we this is one of my favorite recipes in the book. It's a Nigerian fried rice. It's like the kitchen uh, sink of rice. Traditionally, it's made with chicken liver or chickens. But I'm, in my cookbook, I do a ground lamb. Love a wow. ground lamb. Because it still gives you that nice fattiness. Mm -hmm. And over here, you're just going to put some parsley in here, mm. some salt, mm. some pepper. Geo, yeah. mix that up. Okay, mix it up. And listen. I didn't bring my grandmother's cast iron pan, okay. but I know this is a cast iron pan that has a lot of love in it. And if you don't have a wok or you don't feel comfortable cooking with a wok at home, you could do it in a cast iron pan. You do it however you want to. Mash it up there. Mash you want to get all that flavor in there, then just throw it in here. And just throw it in. Okay. Throw it in there. Okay. All right. Well, this is a little Go ahead. Get it in there. Get it in there. Go ahead. There we go. 
throw it all in there. Right? Yeah. Tommy would be so proud. <laughs> and then you mix this up. Okay. Tommy's your husband, right? Yeah. yeah. Mix all that right. up. And what happens is you let that render down. Okay. okay. And then you pull out all that lamb, but you don't take out the lamb fat. Gotta have that flavor, right? You need right? the fat, everybody. Okay. And then you add everything. This is everything that's in my kitchen sink. My okay. wife always has green peppers. Okay. Come on, throw some carrots. Throw some carrots in there. Yeah. I see garlic. Garlic. You can't live without that garlic. Go ahead. Some okay. onions. All right. You mix, mix, mix. Now, do you do these till they're basically caramelized, or you, you really get, don't want them quite there yet? I want to get some color oh, on them. Do these go into? Yeah, put the scallions in there okay. too. Nothing yeah. like having some scallions. Yeah. Now, the most important part here. Oh, I see the flick of the wrist. <laughs> <laughs> the, I learned from my husband on that. The most important part here is the spices. Mm -hmm. You don't want to put spices in your dish raw, and it, you'll get that chalkiness. Mm -hmm. You want to add in the cumin, the thyme, the white pepper, and listen, there ain't no black kitchen without chicken bouillon. Chicken bouillon, and this is ground up. You know, up, so. you know. Okay. Right, and that's gonna give you a little extra flavor. Mm-hmm. And then you toast that down. Wow. And then you get all that flavor. Toast all right, you want me to stir? Okay. You can stir, yeah. I'll stir, I'll stir. Okay, but then it so will what, look what does like it come this. to? It looks like this. Wow. Now, there's a lot of chatter in the in, in the world right now about uh -huh. leftover rice. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. I always have leftover rice in my fridge, okay? And the key about leftover rice is you have to cool it down properly. So don't so put it away when you it's can't hot. Put it, you can't put any food away when it's hot, mm -hmm. right? So you wanna put it on a, sheet, on a small sheet tray or a baking dish, stick it in your fridge, or if you have a big freezer, stick it in your freezer, let it cool down completely, no steam, uh -huh. and then put it in your um, container and then put it in the fridge. Okay. Everybody's saying people are getting sick from leftover rice. That's nonsense. Okay. okay. Take it from that, the rice can. That's well, nonsense. And that never happened in my Cuban household. <laughs> right? Nobody got sick. So, and you can't make fried rice without leftover rice. Right. Because you're rehydrating the rice when you oh, fry it. Oh, okay. So now you put, you turn it up. Okay. You throw in this rice. And you already have the meat in this one? No, the not meat's yet. not in okay. it yet. Okay, so now the rice first. You want to get all the rice incorporated mm -hmm. here, right? All okay. is incorporated here. Now I have a question for you. Do you wash your rice? Oh gosh, that's a good question. <laughs> Are you not supposed to? Is that a trick no, question? No, is that a trick question? It's, a, it a it's trick all qu cultural. Uh, sure, I'll go with I, yes, I wash my rice. Yes, you should wash your rice. Okay, good. Should wash your rice. Yeah, so, Cubans love to wash it too. Okay. So I put in some more oil, you sizzle it up, you throw okay. in the lamb, yeah. and let me show you something. This is why I love lamb. Mm -hmm. Look at all the fat at the bottom yeah, there. Yeah, it's got such it's flavor. It's incorporated, and then, Kind of, you guys slide over here. You can okay. see the beautiful dishes. Don't mind if I do. I mean, I was wondering when you were going to ask us to. Now where's okay. Brad? I'm going to add in. Know. I'm going to add in some frozen peas. Uh -huh. Okay. Some frozen corn. I'm just going to add this to my mouth. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> some mm. parsley. Mm-hmm. Oh and my goodness. How's it taste? Delicious. delicious. Can I grab this one that here? That is so good. Yes, please. Let me see. That is delicious. This is full of flavor. Delicious, and I haven't eaten yet today, so this Big, is bold this is flavors. it. This is breakfast, lunch. All the things. And simple. You can but eat it for any meal. Rice makes your life a lot easier. That's what I do in Simple Art of Rice, part mm -hmm. of black culture. Unbelievable. Thank, it's been great. What a great They're way to awesome. close out Black History Thank Month. You. Thank you so Thank much, you. JJ, for joining mm. us. Thanks for having me. The, the Rice King. We appreciate it. You can get more of this recipe on goodmorningamerica.com slash food or scan that QR code on your screen right now. And make sure to pick up JJ's cookbook, The Simple Art of Rice, in stores now. Mm, I'm supposed to read right now. Okay, when we come back, we're going to get a peek inside season three of the popular series BMF. Yeah, Save we're, me. We're not those ones that don't eat on TV. Star Russell Hornsby joins us.
on GMA3 right here in studio. There he is. the season premiere of BMF, a crime and family drama that makes it its highly anticipated return this Friday on Stars. And joining us right now is the patriarch of the Black Mafia family. You know him from hit projects like The Hate You Give and the Oscar nominated film Fences. Please welcome Russell Hornsby. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. So you actually this first of all, congrats on season three. That Thank is you. huge, it right? Is. For, for yeah. any show. That's amazing. 50 Cent. Is yes. your executive producer. Yes. Now, you worked with 50 Cent on Get Rich or Die Trying. Yes. What's it like to be back with him now, 20 years later? Well, it's great. I mean, it lets you know that you've been doing things, you know, the right way. You know, that someone's still willing to employ you. And, um, you know, we had a rich history. You know, we would uh, Get Rich or Die Trying was the first, uh, his first film, you know, and uh, we had an interesting exchange, you know, back when. Um, I, had a, I had a moment, you know, where I had to, uh, we had to uh, act opposite each other. And I had to lean in on him a little bit, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and after we was finished, some of my friends told me, they said, man, 50 said, you brought the heat, you know? Because I was walking around like, you know, singing and things like that. And then I don't think people thought that I could be a heavy. You know, well, and we then, see that you can. Now. Yes. <laughs> so we were having, we were having a lot of fun. So you know? from producing and executive producing um, for 50 Cent with the change to directing, you direct an episode yes. this season for the first time. So what was that like? Was it scary? It was scary. <laughs> I was I was nervous, uh, really you nervous. You felt all the pressure. Yeah, you know, it's all on you. You know, the best thing you can do when it's time to direct is you, it's everything is about your preparation. You know, uh, how well do you know the script, you know, shot lists, things of that nature. But I felt that, you know, my real uh, uh, asset was my communication with the actors, you know. And I, I, I tell a lot of the actors, especially the young ones, that it's not about being right or wrong, it's about being truthful. So the main, most important thing is to sort of just delve into that truth uh, spot that you have mm. in your spirit and, and just tell the truth. So I try to I make sure that I'm a barometer. <laughs> You know, of truth. So what's harder, acting or directing at this point? <laughs> well, you know, at this point, it's directing. Yeah. You know, uh, I've, I've, been do, I've been doing acting for a long time. They say, you know, ma try to master one first <laughs> and then move on to the next one. Yeah. Do you ever stand at the top of the mountain and go, I can't believe how far I climbed? And I, how much you've done? <laughs> yeah, I, I do know now that I have, I have young children now, mm -hmm. and so they say like, "Daddy, what? You know, you you, you were in, so and so told me you were in this movie and you were in that movie." I was like, "Wow, I've done a lot. <laughs> I have done a lot." And you know, leave it to your kids to kind of let you know well, how old you are. You, right? <laughs> what compelled you um, about this series? I know it's based on a true story, and your character Charles is a musician. Yes. What about that drew you in? Well, you know, it's um, I look at Charles and as a, as, a, as a throwback. And you know the saying goes, Charles is of a time when boats were made of wood and men were made of steel. Mm. And, and so you know these are these blue-collar men that that work with their hands. They know how to fix things. They know how to do things. And so those are the kind of men that I was raised by, that I grew up around. You know, uh, you know the butchers, the garbage men, sanitation workers, male people, construction guys, just the everyday people. And Charles is one of those. And him being a throwback, he's of a time when. He ruled his roost, you know, and things are changing a little bit. But I think we're seeing through Black Mafia family, uh, America of a, a, a different era and a different time. Well, you certainly oh, brought the heat. 
<laughs> it is an incredibly compelling show. Russell Hornsby, we appreciate you and thank you for joining us. And season three of BMF premieres this Friday on Stars. Check it out. And that is what you need to know for this Thursday. I'm Ariel Reshef and for Eva. And I'm Gio Benitez in for DeMarco. And I'm Dr. Jen Ashton. <laughs> for all of us here at ABC News, have yourself a great day. See you tomorrow. the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' Group Text Podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit.